Hey everybody, it's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It's really wonderful to have you here. Uh, we're doing something a little bonusy right now. We're going to do an audio version of my article on Brian Eno's first four vocal records. Before he was an ambient whiz and a producer extraordinaire, he was just a humble rock star. Let's get into it. It's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. We've got a bonus episode. It's an extra episode, like a like a like a twofer, a double. Uh, what I thought I would do is try out uh, the idea of taking some older work that I have to older work. I mean, it's all within the last ten months, right? So it's not all that old. Um, but taking work that I've done that's been published that's maybe been out for a few weeks or even a few months, and and giving it an audio treatment. And I thought a good place to start would be I did a series. I've been doing a series of, of articles on on bands and artists and their first four records. And it's just really simple. It's just called The First Four. And one of the first ones that I did and one of the most popular ones that I did was the uh, article that I did on Brian Eno's first four records, specifically his first four rock records. And I thought it would be really fun to put together kind of a produced version in audio form of that essay. So basically I recorded the the script, if you will, the, the, the transcript of the essay, and I modified it ever so slightly uh, just to kind of make sense for for speech and introduction and things. And then I laid in some, some audio clips and basically produced it so you can kind of hear some of the examples that I mentioned in the piece. And it will give you sort of a 15-minute introduction into the beginning of, of uh, Brian Eno's career, both as a musician and a producer. And... Um, and it kind of jumps off from there. Uh, I think it turned out great. I'm really excited about it. I'm really intrigued about doing more of these. But before I really invest myself and do a shit ton of work, I'd love to know what you think of this one. So if you would leave a comment either in the Substack article at whatamimaking.substack.com or in the comments section or in the review section of this episode specifically or just this show – in your pod player. So whether that's Apple podcasts or you're listening to this in the Substack browser, or maybe you're listening to it on Spotify or Stitcher or a different, uh, a, a different, uh, service. Uh, I can think I can use my big boy words. Um, regardless, if you could find a way to communicate with me and let me know what you think of this, if you'd like to hear more, if you want to hear a different version of this, maybe I didn't flesh it out enough. Maybe you'd like to hear something longer or shorter, I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, based on on the, the script that I had and the clips that I used, 15 minutes felt about right, but we can tweak that and we can uh, we can explore it. So without further ado, here is my audio version of Brian Eno's first four. I hope you enjoy this, gang. Have fun. Brian Eno is a name that conjures myriad reactions from a wide variety of folks. To the average music fan, Eno's name is likely to bring to mind his hugely successful production efforts with acts like David Bowie, U2, Talking Heads, and so many more. 
music nerds, and even synth aficionados, should you have any in your midst, will see Brian Eno as the godfather of ambient music. For these folks, Eno is often as much a theory as he is a human being. Granted, it is a fascinating theory. In describing his approach to what he termed ambient music, Eno said, Ambient music must be able to accommodate many levels of listening attention without enforcing any one in particular. It must be as ignorable as it is interesting. Old guard glam rock fans might have even fallen in love with Eno when he first burst upon the scene with the vanguard group Roxy Music in 1970. Known as much for his wild outfits and onstage antics, Eno was a driving force behind the vision of Brian Ferry's band, After three years and two terrific albums, Eno's time in Roxy came to an end as he and frontman Ferry began to have increasingly disparate artistic pursuits. Additionally, Eno had begun to resent the position of playing second fiddle. Eno began writing songs at a feverish pace and set to assembling a band. Phil Manzanera and Andy McKay might have still been active members of Roxy Music, but they provided foundational support to Eno as he began his solo career. The supporting cast on the record eventually grew to a whopping 16 players. All 10 songs were written or co-written by Eno, and he had handled his own production duties as well, something for which he would quickly garner a sterling reputation and, of course, move on to great acclaim in that arena. Here Come the Warm Jets was released to critical acclaim in February of 1974. The album channels much of the art rock swagger that defined Roxy Music. Eno took that swagger and then veered it down an alley littered with squelching boxes and hissing machines. Listen closely to the helicopter whir of guitar and the bubbling of buzzy synths on the Papa Negro Blowtorch and Me. the opening drones of Needle in the Camel's Eye that kicks off the album to see early examples of how Eno melds melody with machine to great effect. is a kind of film school glam. Eno crafts mural-sized character studies from sing-song nonsense, all set to pulsing rhythms and awkward hooks. It holds the shadowy eroticism of T-Rex without the confidence. It's Ziggy Stardust stuck in a rest area in a beat-up sedan with P.G. Woodhouse riding shotgun. In an almost Newtonian response to his massive supporting cast of 16 players on Here Come the Warm Jets, Eno drilled the core musicians for his sophomore effort down to just five musicians. 
Phil Manzanera returned as primary guitarist, and the rhythm section of Brian Torrington and Freddie Smith rounded out the main band. Robert Wyatt of Soft Machine played additional drums and offered backing vocals. The vague concept for the record was based around Chinese communism, spycraft, and international intrigue. Eno had been working with artist Peter Schmidt on a series of artistic prompts that could be used to make creative decisions for the album. The pair ended up on an approach they called Oblique Strategies. Schmidt and Eno would later expand the Oblique Strategies concept to 100 cards, each its own artistic prompt. Schmidt had originally begun the work on the concept under the name Thoughts Behind the Thoughts. Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy is a stunning work of pop oddity. In a world of secret recorders, double crosses, and spiked drinks, Brian Eno carved a wickedly fun pastiche of Cold War antics, glam rock cheese, and experimental gobbledygook that sounds both perfect for 1974 and otherworldly at any point in time. It is quintessential Eno. While the album is rife with hummable melodies and plenty of odd sonic debris to fall in love with, the record holds a few highlights in particular. The sing-along refrain of Back in Judy's Jungle as it fades out is ridiculous and will stick in your head for days. The incessant click track of the Fat Lady of Limburg reinforces the paranoia of a life in espionage. Third Uncle thumps from the grooves that begin side two and then cascades into jittery guitars, sizzling hi-hat, and coke-fueled fills. the album's end, the true wheel melds Roxy music, childlike sing-alongs, and a gorgeously greasy guitar part from it. strategy received quite a bit of praise but failed to sell well while here come the warm jets had peaked at number 26 on the album charts in england tiger mountain failed to make a dent it's likely that releasing no singles from the album did not help to promote sales furthermore eno released his follow-up just nine months after the debut of here come the warm jets the market may have been a bit oversaturated but schedules be damned eno had work to do In the summer of 1975, he entered the studio hoping to create the record from scratch. He brought in no notes, no ideas, lyrics, scraps, or songs. For several days, he struggled to produce anything he could get excited about. Leaning once again on the oblique strategy cards, ideas started to flow. King Crimson guitarist Robert Fripp and former Velvet Underground member John Cale were key contributors to this project. With their influence and his own adventurism, Eno began to incorporate more elements of ambient music into his vocal records. Another Green World is a moment of transformation for Brian Eno. 
The album still features flourishes of the quirky glam pop that marked Here Come the Warm Jets and Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy. Standout tracks like San Elmo's Fire and I'll Come Running belie a maturing songwriter still capable of crafting gorgeously eccentric pop records. Come running to tie your shoe I'll come running to tie your shoe I'll come running to tie your shoe Half of the compositions on Another Green World are instrumental and feature only Brian Eno as performer in the studio. The constructions of these songs and their pieces feels more like a researcher working alone behind the scenes than a songwriter collaborating with fellow musicians. This album is the most singularly Brian Eno record in his quartet of vocal albums. Eno's odd world of eccentric pop and playful sounds coalesces on another green world into a symphony of melody, minimalism, and unique vision. Based on the sequencing and the nature in which the tracks meld into one another, it also appears that Eno saw Another Green World as a complete work, and not simply as a collection of unconnected fragments of sound. On the heels of a quiet, minimal record like Another Green World, Eno's fourth long player, Before and After Science, plays more like a raucous affair. More conventional rock song structures like King's Lead Hat and Backwater scream from the grooves with urgency. rolls like a lost Al Stewart classic rediscovered by Brian Eno. Moments of ambient dot the record as they support within typical tunes and then land in the form of gorgeous compositions like Spider and I or Through Hollow Lands. By 
the time Brian Eno had released Before and After Science, he had begun work as producer on the first Talking Heads record. In fact, King's Lead Hat is an anagram of Talking Heads. Eno finished work on what would be his final rock record and then headed to Berlin to help David Bowie begin work on his, second rec- on his next record, Low. Eno and Bowie would work together for three albums, culminating in what has been dubbed the Berlin Trilogy, the albums Low, Heroes, and The Lodger. This collaboration would forever alter the careers and the artistic lives of both men. Few artists managed to record and release four albums as unique, vibrant, and timeless as Brian Eno did between 1973 and 1977. Before becoming one of the most sought-after producers in the world, before giving ambient music a name and then becoming its greatest ambassador, Brian Eno was a humble, eccentric rock star. His four vocal records tell the story of an artist who could perhaps have given us a full career of albums like these, but oh, what we would lose in that process. It's really a bit of a miracle that these albums are here at all. For the average fan, these four records may be an unturned stone in the wilderness, somewhere between Roxy Music, Ambient Pioneer, and Producer Extraordinaire. For the rest of us, they are the centerpiece of a truly unique life in music and creation. Cheers, Medici. there you go gang there's a look at Brian Eno's first four records I hope you enjoyed this special production please let me know if you'd like to hear more stuff like this please let me know if you have comments criticism thoughts or questions are there other artists you'd like to see me profile are there other essays that I've done that maybe aren't the first four that you'd like to hear get the audio treatment please hit us up at what am I making blog at gmail.com or leave us a message at speakpipe.com slash what am I making This has been a production of Matty C. and his ADHD. And what am I making? And me, your host, Matt Carlson, Matty C. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you again very soon. Cheers, my friends.